You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast, episode number 119. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Hey, moms, are you trying to break into tech? Are you wondering what skills you really need to get hired and how those skills can be worth $45 an hour instead of the $25 an hour you thought when you first started thinking about going back to work? If so, then the Your Techie membership is for you. Our combination of courses, coaching, and community come with the mentor support you need to keep moving forward in your tech career. It's like no other membership program available. We have the exact skills employers are looking for. You'll learn how to maximize your income with portfolio-ready skills that hiring managers are seeking, not to mention the steps you can skip so you don't find yourself down that endless tech learning rabbit hole. Join me as I walk you step-by-step through the getting hired process in tech. Sign up at youartechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I can't wait to see you in our membership. Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we're talking about the SEO of UX. Do you ever wonder what is wrong with me that I get so excited about these topics? (laughs) I don't know what it is. I'm really excited for SEO. I think it's going to be super fun. So to start off, I want to give you a few links. I'm going to give you some resources So that after this podcast, you know the next steps to go to if you want to dive deeper into this topic, okay? So this is going to be like a level one of SEO. It's not going to be entry level like episode 117 was with crypto, AI, luxury UX. I'm talking about the future of technology. That was like an entry level. Call that a level zero. This is like a level one. A little bit of a more of a deep dive. And so if you're totally confused and you have no idea what I'm talking about, that's okay. Just get a little bit further into UX and then you'll come back to this. So the resources, the first one is the SEO Starter Guide by Google. I think it's really important to reference Google's material because they're, you know, the number one search engine. So it is a developer's guide, but it's a beginner's guide. And so it's a good reference. I wouldn't read the whole thing cover to cover, but just kind of check out some of the highlights. Okay. Next up is Uber Suggest. Let me spell that. U-B-E-R-S-U-G-E-S-T. That's with founder Neil Patel. If you've ever typed in the word SEO, he's probably popped up. He is very generous in his free content. Okay. And so part of that is he's so amazing at SEO. We'll talk about that. But he really does go above and beyond to deliver massive quantities of content. So if there's a specific topic, that you need covered or you don't understand, I'm pretty confident that Neil is going to be your guy and Uber Suggest is a great tool, okay? And that website, it's actually neilpatel.com slash ubersuggest. It's going to be a complete wealth of resources for you. The next one is Moz, M-O-Z. They're a very trusted name in SEO. I want to say they're like one of the first in SEO tools. Like they definitely are very established. What they're going to have for you, and I'm going to link right to it, their beginner's guide to SEO, they're going to have curated information, okay? They're not going to have every piece of information under the sun in this guide, but they're going to walk you through the beginner's guide. And that's all free. 
And if you're wondering, well, why is it free? Well, if they educate you, then they have products that you can buy. If you're educated and understand it, you can use their products to make your website better. My final recommendation for a resource is from my home state of Michigan. And so I just looked for like one more resource since it was from Michigan Tech. I always, a few of my engineering students back in Michigan would always go there. So every year there'd be a few students that would go to Michigan Tech. They also have an incredible hockey team. My softball coach loved Michigan Tech. So I was excited to see that they were representing in the field of SEO. And I looked at their guide and I thought, wow, this is super practical and also just true. Like it brings you back to, you'll see as I go through this, SEO can get very complicated. There could be many levels. And this article just kind of brings you back to the basic and says, this is what you need to do. And if you're focused on these things, you're, then you're doing a good job. So that's Michigan Tech. And that's going to be at mtu.edu. And then I'll link to the rest of the URL in the transcript. So again, those are for after this episode, which this is like level one, not a level zero, not a deep dive, not everything you ever need to know about SEO, but it'll be a good kind of level one information for you. And this episode was inspired by an excellent question that one of my students, Kimiko, shout out to Kimiko, asked during one of our live sessions. It's a lot of fun to support my students through their learning journey, even when it goes a little outside of the scope of the very specific projects that we do in UX for their portfolio to get hired, because our program supports a freelance client, right? An F, that's in quotes, or sometimes I write it in capital F-R-E-E. You're doing the work in exchange for not monetary compensation, but use in your portfolio. Well, when you're working with a client, it, it, you don't always have the luxury of the exact work that we planned on doing. You have to have this interplay with the client that honestly is the interesting part. It's a little bit scary at times and it can be confusing. But we have to have the ebb and flow to communicate with them as to what we're able to do for them and then to understand what's helpful to turn over to a more experienced person in a particular topic. So in this case, marketing and SEO. So SEO is a piece of marketing, but it's really also just its own animal, I guess is the way to say that. This is a great example of the blurry line. I've spoken about the blurry line between marketing and, and UX many times. SEO definitely sits on that blurry line. There are some parts of SEO that fall into UX and some that fall into marketing. So working together with marketing is best at this phase, but also knowing what parts of the UX you can improve to optimize SEO, that's going to be a, a great skill and an awesome thing for you to have. So the first caveat I want to give is that what I'm about to talk about is specific to websites. And in our membership, we really focus on and encourage our students to do two prototypes, not websites. We encourage the website to be their portfolio. And that can be really confusing because a lot of people want a lot of help with their websites. I'm going to talk about what SEO is and why this can be kind of a confusing thing. I encourage my students to do two projects that end in the deliverable of a prototype. So you go through the UX process and you create a prototype for an app. 
And the challenge is that some websites are apps and some apps are websites and some are not. And you're like, well, that's unhelpful, right? But I just want to reiterate that in our program, the deliverable is a prototype. However, some of my students take on clients in the form of a website. And they do that because user experience in an app is a really high value, great thing. You can get a job as a UX designer and you can work on an app and that's absolutely a job. But so is web design, web developer, and doing that for a website. You absolutely can apply the skills of UX to web design. They're not the exact same. There's like this caveat and this nuance, and there are lots of reasons. I don't want you to get confused. You want to get hired as a UX designer, we really focus on those two projects. But some of my students, they want to go be freelance web developers, web designers, and Oftentimes, when they meet their freelance client, the first client is like, I have a website. I need more traffic. Okay, help me. Oh, you're going to help with the user experience? You can do this. So I want to, I mean, why would a client say that? Right? Are they wrong? Is, do they just not get it? No. Think about it like this. Search engine optimization, SEO, are how websites are found. When we optimize for the search engine, people, users, find our websites. And UX, user experience, is how we make a user's experience in a digital world, so website, app, whatever, how we make it better, improved, effective, delightful. Well, isn't it helpful to first be able to find it? So, it, it really is, you can see, where it gets confusing as to what you will do and what you won't do. And so the question really is, like, is it a UX designer's job to implement SEO? And my answer is generally no. It's really not the UX designer's job to implement SEO. And for those of you out there who are like, I'm a UX designer, I do SEO. Yes, I know. That absolutely you can take UX into that marketing realm and go into SEO. So I'm going to talk to you about what a UX designer would do that improves SEO and what gets into the realm of pure SEO and what a UX designer typically will not do. And I hope that this serves for my students to clarify that line of where they can add value immediately using their skills and where they would need to add skills to add value to a client. Okay, so I hope I've organized that clearly for you because it's easy to think that SEO is not a UX designer's job. It's easier to say like, no, that's not what we're doing. But the truth is that if you have a website and if a business owner has a website and they want that website to function better, they want to attract more customers, keep more customers, have those customers purchase more of their products. There's always going to be that interplay. I want to give you some really very specific things that you can do first as a UX designer, and then if you were an SEO expert, what you would focus on. So right now, as a UX designer, here's what you can do if you are working on a website that can improve the SEO, but it falls under the field of just user's experience. Okay, the first thing is one of my biggest pet peeves ever, and I will leave your website if it does not have this, is the menu. I want an organized, aligned 
uncluttered menu. I'd rather have fewer items where you tell me exactly what to do than I go into one of your top menu items and you have like 20 sub bullets. That is not user experience. That is a brain dump. Okay. It's not helpful. A clean, uncluttered menu is really important. Better if you have nothing under the submenu. Better. Now, the more complex the website gets, that can be not possible. I do not have submenus on my website. I don't have so many different categories that I need to do that. It's very clean and it's very simple. Okay. So the, oh, that's not true. I have one submenu. <laughs> I lied. I lied because we changed it when I worked with my marketing guy at SEO. So I do have some, but we debated heavily. Okay. But it still is very uncluttered and there are not that many drop downs on it. It's pretty clear when you come to UR Techie what you can see. So uncluttered menu. Number two, I want what we can talk about is the shop. Okay. A lot of times when we have a website, we have some type of store, some type of online shop. And that is specifically what we were talking about with Kamiko and her client. And one thing that you can do is to make the items in the shop organized so they're easy to find. Okay. So where do they fall on the page? How much white space is there? How are we? How can we search for them? How can we filter for them? And of course, it depends on how many things you have. Like a lot of websites, they don't even need to sort. If you're a small business owner, maybe you just have a few items in your cart. Or if you're mainly not online, you have an offline store and you're just putting a few things online. You don't need that. It's not the same thing as if you're Amazon or I was Old Navy or I was on Carter's for the baby last night. By the way, Carter's excellent job on the user experience for me buying clothes for little Gwenny. I thought it was spot on for 18 month clothes because she's so tall, you guys. She's nowhere near that age. So really easy for me to find what I needed. Not overwhelming. I loved it. It was great. If I have something like Carter's or Amazon or Old Navy, I really need a lot of organization. Do you want to view it at a low to high feature? There's just so much stuff. We've really got to organize it. But if you only have a few items in the cart, organization is going to mean something different. So how do we organize the shop? Not only that, but how do we write descriptions? In this world, we call it copy. How do we write the words that are very clear, that help us understand exactly what that item is? And a lot of times, Amazon pushes this really big in the title. You've got to say exactly what it is. What's the brand? What's it accomplishing? That's going to be really helpful in search engine optimization, having that one product have really clear copy, not just the title, but also the words. If someone's searching Google for it, they can even find that one product, which brings me to another point in SEO. Oftentimes, it's important to have an item in the shop have its own page and to have even more details around it. The reason we do that is also for SEO. It is a balancing act. I don't want you to just do that automatically on every single website. As a UX designer, there are reasons to do that and reasons not to. As a UX designer, we want to protect the user's experience. And so this is a little bit of the push and pull. We don't want to just put every word under the sun so that we get SEO credit, SEO credit. If that makes the user's job harder, then we don't want to do that. And that's why I really enjoyed my experience with Carter's. I could search quickly. And then on the product page, it gave me just the information I needed. It didn't overwhelm me with copy and it was not cluttered. We don't always want to go with what we think that search engine will optimize for. Clarity to the user is also very important. Okay. And remember, if I'm doing a great job with my user, that's going to improve my SEO because I will be user friendly as a website and people will keep coming back to me 
And so that increases my credibility on for Google and for SEO. All right. So there's just one more piece that as a UX designer, and I can see where if you want to argue that this doesn't fall under UX, I could hear you on that one. But I do think that it's an easy way for a UX designer to add value. And I think it's important that you understand in the SEO field. And I think it's important that as someone who's working on websites, you understand what's driving kind of the foundational searching behind it. And that's metadata. And I know metadata can sound like, okay, Ellen, just go build a robot. No, metadata is not that complicated. There's a plugin for WordPress. I use Yoast and you can enter keywords in a description. And if you label your web page accurately with that metadata, which can be really simple, it can get really complicated, but it can be really simple. You are helping to have the right people find the right information. And I would encourage you, again, this is level one. This is not entry level. So if you're already kind of tinkering around with WordPress, it's something that I think that you should take a look at. Okay. And now I want to talk about the marketing side. There's more to do with SEO, but I would say that this is starting to get more into the realm of where you should turn it over to an SEO expert. And again, SEO generally will fall into that blurry line of marketing UX, but Really, there are many people who have a job that all they do is SEO. It's not like I'm a marketing person and I do SEO and other things. Yeah, you can have that too, but there's so much with SEO. It's absolutely legit. You know, they can be an SEO, whatever, analyst, manager, I don't know, a lot of things that can go on with SEO. And I think when I dive into these, you're going to start to see how the world opens up. So the first one I want to tell you actually links to the metadata. It's like, okay, well, what I just use whatever words. I want to describe it. Well, number one for this SEO piece, I want to tell you about a plugin in Google called Keywords Everywhere. And I'm sure there are other ones that work well, but this is the one I've used for a while and my marketing guy used it. And I think it's great. It's effective. You can add that plugin to your to Chrome. And then when you search for a term, you can see on the side which keywords rate higher or lower and how much it would cost if you wanted to invest in PPC, pay-per-click, in that keyword or term. Now, I want to make a caveat. That's really what Uber Suggest is also doing. And Moz has different product. I'm sure they cover that as well. But Uber Suggest definitely considers itself like a premium product that keywords everywhere. So that's a lot of what you're paying for is to say, okay, well, what keywords are really popular? What has to do with my website and my topic are people really looking for and searching for? That's helpful because what if you are talking about something? I'll just use you are techie, right? Because I've heard me say it. If you've been listening, Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I mean, everybody wants to type T-E-C-H-I-E and I can't lie. Like I put the Y just because I wanted to. There's no real reason. I mean, there's definitely an argument to be made. The SEO is better with IE. I know, but it was a brand decision that I made because you starts with why and I wanted to end with why. And because I wanted to do things a little differently, not the way that people told us to do it or people have traditionally done it, because I think that as women and moms, we get to do things a little bit differently. We don't have to do it the way that it's been done. We're bringing a fresh new perspective. So take it or leave it. I left the SEO for a brand decision. If I searched, I am sure that the word techie spelled IE would be higher ranked and lower cost than T-E-C-H-Y or searched more, okay? So that's what you're going to find in that types of keyword everywhere. And then you can put that into your metadata back up to that last one. And or you can use those words when you're doing your PPC pay-per-click. So if you're 
advertising on Google or Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever, YouTube, any of those, you can tie those keywords and that metadata into your ads, okay? And know how much you're going to spend. It's really kind of obvious. The more popular terms, SEO, very expensive term. A lot of people, I think, went into UX because development had some developer code, bootcamp code. Those had really high CPLs and UX used to have lower. Now it's evening out. So those are a couple of things you can check out. Keyword everywhere or Uber suggest. Really those diving into what are the best keywords. That's something that would fall under that SEO, less UX, more pure SEO. Okay, number two under the pure SEO, I'm going to just be specific with this one and give you examples. I think it's easier. So blogging or the transcript from my podcast, either way that you do it, and those are pretty much the most popular. There are other ways to do it. I'm sure people are always coming up with creative ones, but those are just really kind of obvious ones that people use. I'm getting more words when I do that about the topic that I'm talking about. And I have a consistent process. I'm updating the content. I'm becoming more of an authority. So I get more SEO because I'm recording episode 119 right now than I did when I was recording episode 19. I am becoming a consistent source of content that the search engines can say, oh, hey, she's repeating content. Her website is updated with the information. This is important with the information that she's been talking about all along. So if if the next podcast I all of a sudden was like, oh, and now we're going to talk about vacations in the Caribbean, which actually sounds really fun, doesn't it? Then that would not help me. I can't just repeat content that is totally unrelated. There has to be some theme to it. Okay, so repeated, consistent output and the word count kind of matters. So it's not the only thing like, okay, Seth Godin has he has done a daily blog for how long, Seth? Like a super long time. And it's very short, but the fact is he does it every single day. So the length is not that important. But the length matters. And it's not just the quantity, it's also the quality. So if you have high quality and a lot of words, what Google is saying is, hey, you're putting a lot of time and effort into this. We're going to give you credit for that. Okay, so that's number two. The final one under just pure SEO, this is the queen bee of marketing. This is the queen bee of the SEO piece to this. And before I tell you what it is, the Michigan Tech article that I linked to at the beginning is a really good reference because they say that if you are so good, people will want to talk about you. They'll want to link to you. And that is true. Okay, I've linked to to Michigan Tech and Google and Moz and Uber Suggest in this podcast transcript. So that's on my website and they are going to get this third thing, which is called backlink credibility. So be so good that somebody wants to reference you. That's what the Michigan Tech article says. And I just want to remind you that I'm about to go into a little bit more of the nuance here, but at its heart, that's the reality. That's what it takes to rank high in SEO. Be good. So people want to reference you. In practice, however, I think it's important to mention that just being good is not usually enough to maybe rank on the first page of Google or sometimes the first three pages. That typically requires an investment of time and dollars. And if you're saying, yeah, I get it, it's the ads, but even beyond those PPC ads, even beyond that, websites may have people going out. Companies may have people going out and making calls and spending money behind the scenes to get backlinks. 
So if you've ever seen on a website as seen in Forbes, well, Forbes is getting the backlink credibility for that, as is the person who wrote the article or was featured in the article. Then Forbes is linking to them. And Forbes is an amazing backlink credibility. I mean, I love your techie and I think Google should be really grateful that we're linking to them right now. But everybody's getting Forbes maybe has a little bit higher authority. Why? Because they have higher traffic. So the quality of your backlinks are kind of the queen of SEO. And by queen, I mean the best in case you're like, I use that term. We used to say king, but now we just say queen. We say queen here. Okay. So that is really the goal is that the more authoritative you are and then you link, you backlink to someone, then they're saying, oh, you're an authority. So now this other person is authority. That's the network that is being created through search engine optimization. And you're really at its core trying to optimize the search engine so that the user can find the information that is best for them. So even if you're not on Forbes, I don't want you to like close up shop and say, okay, I'm out. That's not going to work. No, it's okay. As long as you are consistent in finding the right audience for you, I don't need to be Forbes at your techie. I just need to speak to my audience and to teach the way that you want to hear it, right? Like if you find this helpful, First of all, I'd love a review. That would be awesome on any of the platforms, iTunes or whatever. But if you find this helpful, you could share it with someone or link to it. And it doesn't matter if it's the, you know, the Moz, the master's guide to SEO. It's okay. It doesn't have to be. I'm not trying to be the SEO expert to all people. I'm trying to speak to you, my moms and women out there who are trying to learn and build their tech skills. And so if this is helpful to you, then that's all the credibility that I need in terms of playing this SEO game. So I don't want to make it overly complicated because you would be amazed at how much goes into SEO. But at its core, you can just start off knowing what are the basic foundations. And that's what I love about this Michigan Tech article is that it's really kind of simplistic, but it lays out exactly what the components are. And you're not going to find anything different than what I talked about today, but it's going to just remind you to stay focused on those basics Keep your client focused on those basics and keep doing that consistently and be a good authority for your audience and your topic. And you will increase your rankings. That is at its core, the SEO of UX. I hope that you enjoyed this. I, you know, I'm wacky. I think it's so fun to talk about this stuff. So hopefully it was enjoyable for you. And just thanks so much for hanging out with me today to talk about the SEO of UX. I'll talk to you next time. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training, and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at URTechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.